This episode is brought to you by Glass House of Beauty. Get your edges snatched for 12 to 48 hours with their safe, healthy, water-based, vegan-loving, kid-friendly edge control. Only $12 on glasshouseofbeauty.com. Also shop their premium hair extensions and use code SOLUXLIFE for money off your purchases. Again, that's on glasshouseofbeauty.com, the luxury experience. Welcome to the So Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to the Soulless Life Podcast. It has been a minute since we've been live, but I'm so blessed and so thankful that you guys are joining me. If this is your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. We have so much fun on the podcast tonight, and tonight it's a very, very, very special episode. I'm super excited. We have such an amazing guest coming on. Many of you may know her from the Life Cave. I've been sharing her post all week, um, Ashley Brown. So let's welcome Ashley. How are you, Ashley? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be on tonight. And I want to thank you again for having me on. And hello to everybody. I'm excited. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overjoyed. And so I know we're going to have a great conversation tonight. I know. I've been looking forward to this. The last episode I recorded was back in May. And I took a break for the summertime because I just get so busy being a mom, um, doing yeah. real estate, and just everything that I do. So just kind of tell everybody a little bit about you. Um, I think the best way to introduce a person is to let them introduce themselves. So thank you again for joining us and tell us a little bit about you. All right. So um, thank you. Um, of course, my name is Ashley, and um, I am first and foremost a very I'm a serious follower of Jesus Christ, and um, I'm a wife to my husband, Pastor Jonathan Brown. I'm a mother to two girls, Layla Grace and Ivy Grace. I would consider myself a leader, and um, I'm also an educator. I'm an interventionist, um, and I would consider myself to be an extra introvert. I'm not really out there, out there, but I'm not really reserved either. <laughs> right. I love to laugh. I love makeup. I love hair. I love to cook. And yes. I love just being domestic, but I'm not, not you know, I'm not too old school, not too with the in, in crowd these days. Either. I'm somewhere in between. So um, I love to do the work of Jesus Christ on a very serious note and dedicate my time to my family and ministry and whatever else that God leads me yeah i love it and i kind of want to know um how your relationship with christ got so strongly um because i know you know like when we're little and you're brought up in the church you learn about god you get baptized because you know that's just what you're supposed to do um but how when did you really i would say what age were you when you really developed like a relationship with god well for me 
Um, like you said, my story is very similar. I did grow up in the church. It was mandatory that we go to church. And um, my parents did a really great job of steering us in the right direction when it came to the physical church and um, knowing who Jesus was. But I was probably around 19 years old when I had a very serious encounter with God. And that encounter actually came out of just a, a horrible lifestyle. I started very early in sexual sin. I started very early with um, smoking, all kind of things, you know. And mm -hmm. um, when I say young, I'm talking sixth grade. And um, I struggled with depression for years, even as a child. He was diagnosed with um, depression, even as a child. Went to therapy, suicide attempt, all of those mm -hmm. things. And when I was about 19 years old, I remember after just living reckless, actually, um, mm -hmm. and I remember feeling like, well, maybe there isn't a God. This, these were my words in my dorm room. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I wanted to live the way that I wanted to live, and I wanted to anchor my own life. And it led me to a battle with atheism. I started to reject God. I started to reject what I've always known. And it that led me to a fear of what would my life be if God isn't real. So because I started to feel like maybe atheism was a choice, I began to pursue God on my own. I began to like try to find out, is this really real? And in my pursuit, mm -hmm. I figured out that God was really real. And so I became serious because I had my own true encounter. Yes. And I think that so many people... Like your encounter is going to be totally different from someone else's and you just have to seek and find Jesus for yourself. I feel like and so many people try to find it through other people. I would definitely like that allows us to show what he's done in our lives um, so that we can be disciples and bring people closer to him. But as far as like developing a relationship like you say, you had your own encounter. I'm going to have my own encounter or the next person is going to have their own encounter. Um when it comes to that. It's true. Yeah. So um wife code. Like who's ready to talk about wife code? <laughs> I love this book. Like I've been posting about it. I've been putting it all on my Instagram. People was like, oh, I gotta read that. Like it sounds good. And I just honestly tell people like I get on here and I promote stuff that I really truly feel like is worth promoting. So when I say like it's a really, really good book, it really, really is. I'm not just saying that because she's on here. Honestly, if I if it wasn't good, I probably wouldn't have asked her to come on. So <laughs> just, <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know about that. <laughs> but no, this book, it really did bless my life. And I'm just so grateful that God used you to write it. Um and you see, I got it all like my notes here. Like I want to ask her about this, this, this. I got two and everything. Yes, because it's such a powerful book. And um, just a little bit about me. I am divorced. I was married at one point, went through that whole ordeal. And um, now I'm just like really living in my singleness. Oh, someone said it's freezing up. Oh, but yeah, but now I'm really like to the point where I'm chasing God before a relationship. And I feel like sometimes women um, tend to chase relationships before they chase God. And um, 
And I think this is a good book that really kind of just sheds life on what actually being a wife is. And like, you don't have to be married to check it out. You don't have to be a female. I suggest men read it to figure out what type of wife you want or what type of wife God has for you. Um, so kind of tell me what, what was the inspiration behind Wife Code? What made you write this book? Okay, so... White Code, I definitely didn't want to write White Code. I did not want my first book to be about being a wife. So for me, I was like, come on, God, like, all of it, can I write about something else? But, right. you know, because I, and, for, and let me tell you my reasoning. My reasoning was the same reason you just said. I felt like that's all people want to hear about. They don't want to know about having a relationship with God. They don't want to know about how they can pursue Jesus. And so I struggled with writing it because I was like, that's all people want to hear about is relationships. And mm -hmm. so I was like, but your book isn't going to be like that. Like your book, what I need to write is going to also make them want to desire me and so i didn't know in what direction but i remember just um getting a word from my leader and he was saying god needs you to put some manuscripts out here and so that was like my first confirmation and then i felt like i was running from god so i felt like after a while you know okay mm -hmm. god write a book i hadn't gotten started i didn't want to start and then god was saying you know marriage is all life support and there are many women that want to know why they're drowning. He just began to minister to me in my quiet mm -hmm. time. I just, I got to writing. Like I had a friend who I was talking to and I was like, I just can't get started. Because one of the ways that I hold myself accountable is I take, I will tell other people what God has told me to do. Just, you know, just close people because I know they're going to say, what's going on with the book? How's it going? You know? Right. And so one of my friends who wrote a book and she called me, she prayed for me and I was able to get started because it was really a struggle to even start writing because I didn't even know where to start and and really what exactly God wanted me to pin in the book other than, you know, teaching people what his perspective was when it comes to a woman in marriage. Mm hmm. Yes. And um, it's really good that you did because like I told all my friends, like um, it's like I'm reading this really good book. Y'all should check it out. I probably read it in like two days. I was reading at the gym. So. <laughs> and honestly, I know this sounds so bad, you guys, but this is the first book that I've read this entirety all year. Like I've started some books, stop, started, stop, because it just wasn't catching my attention. But this one really, I don't know, it helped me grow um, in my faith. And it helped me to identify some things about myself. Like I said, I was married. And my divorce was finalized, um, like, 2019, I believe. And, like, I'm over it. I'm passing out. Think about it. Just reading this book, it honestly answered some questions and gave me closure, like, on that marriage. And I wasn't even seeking closure. Like, I'm, like last thing on my mind but it was like oh yeah yeah guy like you wanted me to kind of think about this in that particular perspective That's um amazing. i know like won't he do it you won't even be asking god <laughs> go ahead and tell you um but yeah so are um we're gonna break down the book 
um and if you guys have questions you can put them in the comments like i'm looking in the comment section now i see y'all tagging people thank you so much thank you for sharing the live stream tag your your sisters tag your you know everybody because they're gonna get blessed from this tonight <laughs> we're not here for nothing <laughs> and put some questions in the comments like things that y'all want to ask her now is your time i know like she probably gets flooded with dms and questions and stuff like that but this is authentically her like we didn't rehearse any questions or anything like that so we're just gonna dive deep into the book oh someone said will it be a wife code part two I don't know. I've been getting asked that question a lot. And um my plan is to there won't there might not be a wife code part two, but I can I can guarantee you there's gonna be two things. There's the, my husband is gonna write a book for your for y'all boyfriends and daddy's husband. Husband Cole. He's gonna write a book. So y'all put him on the prelude that the Lord God was trying to speak to him. He's gonna write a book because he's doing right. good. And number two, we are going to have a wife code conference. So I don't know if that suffices for going beyond wife code number one, but I definitely know that those two things will happen. I'm not sure about a wife code too yet. <laughs> yes, come on wife code conference, because I believe there's power in numbers. And um, now we're getting kind of off the topic, but I attended a conference a few weeks ago and it like literally changed my life. And I was just talking to my parents about some stuff. My dad was like, oh, so you really found yourself since you went to conference. <laughs> I'm like, yes, like I really did. But just it was a women's conference, but just to see hundreds of women in one building with the same common goal, just to like chase after whatever God is trying to tell them in that moment or break free from whatever bondage that they may be experiencing in that moment. And I know that I got, you know, free from some things and God just kind of shed some light on things in my life as well. So we will be on the lookout for the conference. I said all that to say that. So make sure y'all are there <laughs> because we're going to show up in numbers. <laughs> so um, um, first, before I get into like some of my favorite parts, I want to ask you, like, what's your favorite part of Wife Code? Do you have a favorite chapter in the book? Um, my favorite chapter of Wife Code is definitely chapter three. Me the favorite chapter that convicts me the most, chapter seven. But my favorite <laughs> chapter, of course, my miracle baby, Layla Grace. Um, that's my favorite chapter. And not just because it depicts, you know, the story of Layla being here, but also because it just it it just opens your eyes to the perspective. Mm of your husband sometimes I think we're born with an instinct to believe that as women we know everything mm -hmm. and so um I just feel like um it just it's it saved me a lot of pain to just listen to my husband um and, and in more instances than just that because as the years have gone on my faith has grown and that was a place that I struggled I struggled to have faith I struggled so much with rejection and not believing for anything good because when you live a life that feels like nothing ever goes right it's very difficult to believe and expect for something good and so I had developed the comfortability in 
and always hoping for something bad so that I I didn't have to expect anything good so I didn't have to be let down and that mm -hmm. was my perspective which was always killing my opportunities to have faith in God and so that that's definitely my favorite chapter mine too you guys so that's just confirmation like y'all have to get it so y'all can see what happens in chapter three that we're talking about we're not gonna tell all the secrets but it's so good because like i said i was like in the gym when i was reading it on the elliptical machine and i really got chill chills and i found myself like i was like yes and i'm all <laughs> like all these yeah, that's why I'm telling you guys, like you really have to read it and experience it for yourself because what it may have meant for her when she wrote it, it may like hit you totally different in a different perspective. And that's why I've been trying to go back and read this a second time, kind of like how you watch a movie and, you know, the second time you see something that you missed the first time. So I'm working my way through it a second time. Um, But I did want to talk about, okay, so you guys got married very young. <laughs> so just yeah. tell everybody, how old were you guys when you did to get married? How, how long did you date before he proposed? Before he proposed, we dated um, probably about two years, a little over two years. So we started dating when I was about 17 or close to 17. And because we, we kind of like did what you call talk for a period of time, because I was still <laughs> trying to make my mind if I wanted to do that. Okay. And so... Um, <laughs> We did a little talking period, and then we started today because my mom wanted to um, interview him before he could officially date me. So my mom actually took him out on an interview to, to Captain D's, and once it was finalized with mama, then date him. And so, true story, um, when, when my mom took him out on the interview, we walked out afterwards, and he got in his car, and we got in our car, and my mom looked at me, and she said... I don't know if this gonna work. And I was like, what? She was like, not because of him, because of you. And she was like, that's too nice for you. You know, she was like, I don't know. You gotta, like, you gotta you might not this. Like, it ain't him. I don't know if this gonna work because, you know. So um, <laughs> so she was like, oh, she was a little worried about my husband. Like, do you know what you want? Because I was a little rough, you know. So um in all, before we got married, four years, and then we got married the day after my 21st birthday, so I was barely 21, and my dad and mom gave me away, and um, my husband was 23, um, about to be 24. Yeah, so since we're there at the wedding, um, you speak about in the book how, you know, this is supposed to be the happiest day of your life, you know. Every girl dreams of this wedding. I'm looking beautiful. Got my hair, makeup done, and my dress. And then, boom! Here comes negative Nancy <laughs> with an opinion that no one asked her for, like trying to dim light on your day. So, just kind of explain what was going through your head at that time, and what advice would you give any women that may be coming up against, you know, doubters when it comes to their marriage? Um. Well, I did experience um, a lot of negative Nancy's. I just spared <laughs> in my book because I didn't want my book to become a gossip session. So mm -hmm. I wanted 
wisdom, but there was a lot that took place around my things that I did not write about just because I wanted to keep the focus on on God and I wanted God to be glorified and I didn't want to have to deal with a lot of things. But it was it was a very trying time and I, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not giving you drama. It was tough. And um, it mm-hmm. came from the north, the south, the east, and the west. <laughs> there were rumors. There were there's this family. There's this. There's that. There's and when I say family, I mean extended family, not necessarily mm-hmm. in, in inner circle. But it was tough, and I suffered just internally because I didn't know what to do. I did. I thought when you have a wedding, you have to invite everybody in the neighborhood. You have to invite mm-hmm. all of, you know his parents, friends, and this person, church, and it was like right. Like, you gonna invite, you know, roadmate to the wedding, you know. I'm like, okay, I don't need no rosemate, but I guess she can come, you know. And so <laughs> you feel obligated because that's how we go, that's how we went at that time, you know. And so this was almost 10 years ago, and I was I was I had a lot of anxiety, I was unhappy. Um, my husband boo-hooed on the on the I mean when I say boo he cried before there were videos out about me and crying. My husband had already done that. <laughs> he <laughs> said the standard. <laughs> what, you know, what they doing now? They did my husband had done it. And uh I'm just, <laughs> but he was crying and um I was crying too, but a mixture of my tears was like, this is this was hard just to get down the aisle. It was so difficult. And so my advice to people would be have the wedding that you want. Invite yeah. If you um if you want this particular person there, then have them there. If you don't, yes. you don't no obligation because you will never get this day back. You will never it's your day. Your day. It's not people's day. It's a celebration mm-hmm. of you and your husband. And so um I'm grateful for those who were, you know, helpful and you know, our parents were very supportive and our siblings, but it was a it's a it's a day that I don't even like looking back. Like my wedding album, I don't even I don't even care to look at it. Like I took it out. I don't. My husband will tell you, we don't we don't look at our wedding album. Just because Mm-mm. it was just like it was it was it wasn't good. But it taught mm-hmm. us a lot. It, we started then knowing how to stick together, knowing how to and even though there were things that my husband um, didn't know about until afterwards, because I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't say anything. I was just trying to process. I was just trying to keep everything cool. But it taught us then how to stick together. Because in marriage, you have to stick together. Because mm-hmm. there will be things that will come to try to separate. And they start in the little things. They start in, you don't take up for him. When a family member has something to say about him. It starts when he doesn't take up for you over the smallest things. It starts with those small foxes that lets people into the marriage and cause separation. And so we started at a very early time in our marriage. We're on the same team. It's it's when it's all said and done, this is a chosen bond. And we're on the mm-hmm. same team. And so it really helped us develop a bond. Like being in times like that and then other times that we've gone through has created such a that friend bond. We we really are friends, you know. Yeah. That's what really helped. Um, but I would just say, listen. Your wedding is your day. Whatever colors you want, whatever cake, whatever food, whatever. If you just want two people there, let it be two people. Yeah. Don't feel obligated that you have to have 20 people in a wedding party, your yeah. long lost 
friend from 10 years ago you hadn't talked to like I wanted mine to be like genuine honestly like back when I was engaged first we weren't even gonna have a wedding I was like we just want something intimate small like just people that are genuinely there for us but if you want like a big show by all means like do you but just make sure that's what you want to do at the right. end of the day right. so you don't have any regrets be like I shouldn't have invited such and such like don't yes <laughs> don't feel bad you have to pay for their wedding you have to live with this so. So yeah so um yeah and I like how you said like you and your husband had to start sticking together from day one um because like you said you know the devil hates families the mm-hmm. devil loves to see a family be torn apart. And I hate to see it. Like, I hate to see people go through divorce or go through any type of separation. Right. Um, we have a question here. It says, what advice would you have for housewives that's been independent for so long and now with having two small kids want to help their husbands financially? Mm-hmm. Um. My advice, I do believe that there's there are a lot of women who have experienced being a housewife. I've never been like a housewife for a long period of time, but after I've had each one of my children, I took extensive time off of work. And so I do believe that we find purpose in being able to work outside of the home. And I do believe that we find appreciation for coming back into the home after we've been outside of the home. Now, this doesn't, this isn't applicable to everyone because I do believe there are certain women who are ordained to be in the household. And so what I would say to a woman who is saying, I want to help my husband financially is go for it. Because the word help me means I'm here to meet any need that he has. So if it's take the load off of him by getting a babysitter or putting the kids in daycare while I go out and get this money and help, then by all means do it. Because there was a point where my husband, um, he quit his job while we were dating. Now this is why we were dating and he quit his job to pursue the Lord. And he wasn't being like, he wasn't being like spooky. He was serious. He was spending hours praying. And so I continued to work. And because I didn't want my husband to have to depend on his parents, I would give him money. And I believe in that. I believe in it. When we were struggling financially, um, my husband lost his job. You know, I went to work. I started subbing. I started doing whatever I had to do to make ends meet to help because mm-hmm. It's no sin. It's no issue against a woman being able to work. And so you start to go for it. And you actually will start to feel good about being able to help, you know. And and we don't compare. You know, there was a point in time where we were 50-50 on everything. That was where we were financially. It was okay. I mean, I've done hair. I've done it all, you know, to make sure we have that struggles. Just say, go for it. Like, go for it. Like go out and do whatever you feel like you need to do. Of course, that use your talents and your gifts and your skills and just go for it. Like it may be different. It may feel like, man, I'm not used to this. I'm used to being at home. Mm-hmm. 
But when you start bringing in that money and you start being able to see you guys stack and, you know, save and create wealth and you'll realize like, okay, this is what we need for this season. And so I'm yeah. just, it's going to be a, it's going to be a jump. You're going to have to jump out there. It's not, it's not going to be something you really can process. You just gonna have to do it. You just have to say, listen, next week I'm getting out and finding a job or I'm going to start. Yeah. And you're gonna have to. It's gonna be a leap of faith, but you definitely can do it. So whoever asked the question, <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. If you have kids, and I think the hardest thing may be like not being with the kids, right. um, like having to, you know, go through that battle. But yeah. I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of going through that now. Like my son has been out of daycare ever since last January, so it's been me and him all day, every day. Um. So it's one of those things, but um, like you said, I totally agree. I think if I had the choice to be a housewife, I would love to have that option, but I don't think I would just not work because it's just not me because I get bored easily. If I get bored, my mind gets to wondering. And like, I cannot I, be a housewife because I'm going to be about two minutes. I'm going to be long because I'm going to cook all day. I'm just going to be yeah. baking and don't be trying to feed him just we're gonna be big okay so i just know that i probably don't need to do it because you know quarantine when we were in quarantine i was i was just doing the most girl i just lost my 20 i gained from quarantine and i'm still trying to lose some weight i understand i understand i really am though um but honestly, like being at home with kids, that's a job in itself. So I commend any, any woman that does it. And if you don't have kids and you want kids, just know that is a, a full time job. And I like how somebody mentioned like, yes, eliminate gender roles. And I was actually going to ask you about that. So how do you feel about gender roles? Like, I know you mentioned in the book, like, you know, it's good. A man is nice for him to have someone that takes care of the home and cooks and things like that but we working full time we got kids we tired too so how do you feel about you know that gender role like cooking cleaning now my idea when it comes to gender roles i am very much so for this is the way i see marriage i see the bible gives us a buffet of things <laughs> that work for marriage. And then what you put on your buffet may not be what I put on my buffet. And so I believe that seasons require different gender roles. And so I'm definitely not cooking seven times a week, okay? That's not, that's not how it goes here. But I believe there are certain gender roles that God gave us for a reason in mm -hmm. order distinctively show the difference between what a woman offers to her husband and in the marriage and what a man offers but it's so beyond physical things and so i'll pick up the trash even though my husband does not like it i'll take out the trash I, I change light bulbs um we both work my husband mm -hmm. grill i can cook we we're my husband, my husband would stay up with the kids late at night. You know, we, I definitely think that we have to know what's best for our marriage. I think gender mm. roles get mixed up when we're trying to fight for approval in society when the Bible has written what gender roles are. And it has more mm -hmm. to do with spiritual things than it does with physical things. Now, yeah, I totally. believe that men, you know, like for us to 
cook for them, just like we like for them to shower us with gifts and because they are providers. But mm -hmm. I don't think we should compare. I think when we start to compare what mm -hmm. works for me in my marriage, like for instance, my and I know this is a big topic, so I'm throw it out there because you know me, I'm, I'm gonna throw it out there. So, Put it out there because <laughs> I already. You know, our generation, we be ready to fight about stuff when we just need to get an understanding of <laughs> right. people's opinions and what they think is worse than worse. So my husband and I have always been saying bank account. I know I just said a cuss word. Oh, let me pull my hair back because I know, goodness gracious. <laughs> So we listened to Shawnee O'Neal talk about how she stacked money behind the scenes because her man was cheating. Don't get me into discernment and you ain't got to worry about all that <laughs> discernment and the Holy Spirit. and you. Met. But anyway, so we've always had the same bank account. That's just what works for us. But we're not against people saying that don't work for us. You know, I made mm -hmm. 20000 more than my husband or my wife and I just think when it comes to do what works for your marriage, as long as it's built, yes. just that's, yes. that's how I sum up. Do what works for your house and don't covet what's happening in my. Because we're two different. Neither one of us struggle mm -hmm. with, with with in the sense of money. We don't. We don't. I don't have. I don't feel like my money has to be separate from his in that case. Now I have. We have separate savings and things like. We always put our money in, he pay the bills, and you know, that's how we do it. But that works for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that might not work for everybody. So, like you said, okay. just kind of do what works for your household. Do what's financially smart for your household in that moment, you know. So, like if your husband doesn't make you pay anything, but you know, y'all created extra bills this and that i don't feel like you know anything's wrong with helping out and some people right. are totally against they're like you know no the man is a provider so mm -hmm. i'm not doing anything but if that's the case um you know just do what you can do in other areas yeah you know but do what works for you like <laughs> yeah. seriously um i think i think i'm with it either way you know Someone said, I agree, yeah. same accounts. <laughs> yeah, I believe in like an account for, you know, people to pay bills out of, household <laughs> expenses, things, vacations, trips, you know, date nights. But I also do believe in like separate saving accounts and like business accounts and things like that. But that's just me. I'm not yeah, financial advisor. <laughs> I promise I do. And I, I realize, like, you know, everybody's husband is different. So, mm -hmm. another, you know, my husband is, 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 you know, when it comes to, I don't think I've heard no but a few times in the last nine years. You know, that may be a good thing or a bad thing. But everybody's <laughs> husband is different. But also, everybody, every wife's spending habits are different. Or well, the husband's mm -hmm. spending we don't know people's situation so i just believe that whatever works for their household works and and we should just let people as long as it's it's it's, it's lines up with the will of god for them we should just let people mm -hmm. do it. yeah definitely uh, um and keep the outside like out of your business so mm -hmm. like I know you're married and everything. You like even your family sometimes. I don't believe you should put everybody into your marriage because that's like your own household. That's your own, you know, family unit. So 
<laughs> Another thing I wanted to talk about, we talked about chapter three, and that's like literally life changing. Again, I advise you guys to um go read it. But what I did like <laughs> was how you mentioned in the book, your husband was shower, his phone went off. <laughs> And just like we sometimes do, you took a look at it. <laughs> um, saw something you really weren't expecting to see. Nothing bad like that. Y'all have to read the book to go see what, see what she saw. See what she saw on the phone. So y'all better order this book for real. Order for your friends. <laughs> yeah, Christmas is coming up. This is a Christmas gift. This is a stocking stuffer. Seriously, if you care about your girl being a great wife, um get it for your best friend or your cousin or whomever in your life <laughs> but i did like the part where you know you kind of confronted him about whatever happened but you said his response changed our marriage forever he said in the calmest voice baby i love you but sometimes you're very disrespectful <laughs> And um, and I know me like sometimes like our pride can really get to us and just being told that we're not doing something right or we have a flaw. It could be kind of like, dang, like, oh, and um, so kind of how did that make you feel in that moment? And why do you appreciate him just being honest with you and, and telling you that and just kind of explain <laughs> in what ways you were disrespectful? <laughs> okay. I definitely used to talk to my husband just any kind of way. And um, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I was very hard. And, um, you know, when you're self-righteous, so mm -hmm. I, walk, as I started walking with Christ and I thought I knew what holiness was, you know, I became a bit self-righteous. So I thought because I didn't use profanity that it was okay for me to be, over, I mean, over the top. And so um, just extremely hypocritical, honestly, but I didn't really know any better. And so I would talk to him any kind of way. And if if we just even take an assessment of how we treat family, those in our, our households, we're much less patient with them than we are with people outside of the house. And I was just disrespectful. Everything irritated me. I was um I was unhappy internally because I suffered with so many insecurities. So marriage did not fix my insecurities. Mm -hmm. I had I got married to the man of my dreams, but I still struggled with a lack of joy. And I was always frustrated and I was always depressed. And I was and, and then I was snappy at him because I'm like I I I just talked to him any time. Most of my frustrations were taken out on him. And he's very gentle. He's very meek. Um, but you know, he got the roar in him, too. And so when he would say something bad, it would blow up into a huge argument. And I, I truly struggled with anger issues. I really did. And so I was always complaining, always nagging, um, always upset. And this changed me because not only was I that way with my husband, but I was that way with other people. And so I was torn between my truth, my gift as a prophet, as well as my personality. So a lot of my uh, struggles and I would be dreaming about things. I remember when the Connecticut shooting happened, I, I dreamed about that before it happened. So for days, because my dreams would come to pass, I would be sick for days. I didn't want to talk about it because I was afraid of, I talked about a dream that I had that, you know, um, people would think I was crazy or it would mm -hmm. happen. 
So I was I was even struggling spiritually with who I was really called to be. And so when he told me that, of course it was difficult to hear because I struggled with pride. Um and I thought I knew everything. And you know, nobody wants to hear that they are flawed. You know, I thought I was the best thing that happened to my husband. You know, I was fine and you know, he only had you know, you know, a, he had a fruit you know, a few bras for me, you know, but they, they <laughs> You know, you know when you come to life and you look at the exes, you be like, be like, I'm your bless, I'm your upgrade. Right? I'm, I'm such, a, I'm such an upgrade, you know. And so right. I was so cocky, and this man was like, very <laughs> but you crazy. And if you don't straight, you, know, you gonna be all by yourself, you know. And so I really learned through scripture after he talks because it don't sound right. It's like, okay, we everything was. You know, you this this look at this woman. You know, look look, look what y'all about to be. But I'm telling you, when I searched in scripture, that there was nothing in there about loving your husband. But it was so much about respecting him. I I really got an understanding of how a man can be so unhappy with a woman who's always like dragging and nagging. And in us culturally, we're you know the music talks about you know, treating him a certain way. If I could be honest, so you listening to this music, you know, and um, it's minister, music ministers to you. It is the language of the soul. So, you know, I was, yeah. I was, I was, I just believe that, you know, I probably wouldn't be married to my husband had he, cause he was going to lose attraction to me. No matter what anybody says, men are attracted to your spirit and if you a lot of times it's like oh men are just looking at you know my body but if i'm portraying myself as a as a woman who you, you there's a certain way you carry yourself and so they are attracted mm -hmm. to your spirit whether that's a sexual spirit or not he was going to eventually lose attraction to me because my attitude was just it was overshadowing who i really was and so mm -hmm. that changed everything yeah, and that kind of goes to the scripture where it talks about how love is patient and love is kind. And you did kind of describe that you were kind of unkind in some ways in which you spoke to your husband. And it really takes a woman to really accept and acknowledge like what she does wrong. And, I, and you speak about it in the how communication is definitely key. And that was one of the first things that came under attack in your marriage. So um, in what ways would you say your communication came under attack and what advice would you give to any woman that is dealing with maybe she's scared to communicate with her husband or she just doesn't really know, I guess, the words to say, like something bothering her in her marriage? Um, I would say that I, I think learning how to wait before you address things is, is what has helped me a lot because I was very impulsive. I wanted to talk about things at the moment I was hurt. So even if I was right, because I was so emotional, if I approached them, because men are going to shut down. Now I'm not saying we baby them. We don't hold them accountable to the fact that they have to learn how to be emotionally mature enough to communicate. But mm -hmm. if the marriage is going to work, I have to be able to help see him through during that time. So that's how he was. And I learned to stop approaching everything in the imminent moment, but taking that time for myself to mm -hmm. gather myself before I approached the situation really helped me because a lot of times I was right, but I was wrong in my approach. A lot of times what I was saying was right, but mm -hmm. 
I frustrated things and I complicated things because I was so over the top and he couldn't get past my emotions. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was just an argument, then a shutdown, and then everybody's trying to be right. And we did that for the first year, almost, you know, year and a half of our marriage. It was just, mm-hmm. it was awful. Yeah, like the delivery just wasn't there. Like, although you may have been right, it just wasn't there. Um, And it does go back to like, you do have to talk about things and open up and communicate um, and learn to forgive. And I like how you describe um, forgiveness in the book. Um, You said that the thing about forgiveness is you have to offer it immediately or soon after experiencing the the offense. The longer you wait to let it go, the longer it marinates in your thoughts and affects your heart. And that's so true. Like the longer you hold on to something and just think about it, you think about, oh, and by the way, I don't like how he said this matter of fact, uh, <laughs> when we were, were arguing, like, let me go back and address that. Um, so so yeah, I really, that's really one thing. That's the first thing that really kind of stood out to me is you have to offer forgiveness immediately. Um, so kind of what what did it take for you to learn that part about forgiveness? Like the longer you wait, the longer it's going to be detrimental to the marriage. Well, it was probably about once I had my first daughter and we weren't arguing as frequently, but when we did argue, that it would be it would be really bad. And I always said when I had children that I would make sure that my children grew up in a healthy household. And so it was starting to bother me that I was about to repeat a generational, you know, uh, some generational things that I said that I wasn't I wasn't going to do. And my decision making was horrible. And so I realized that a lot of things that we were still fighting about was because. I, you know, I like to hold on to things. I was holding on to things that he had said. And um, we really wrote each other down a lot of our work um, and how we spoke to each other. And also, I could not get my husband to see certain things. He couldn't get me to see certain things. And I realized, well, if we're going to do this in the next 15 years, I don't even know if I want to do it. And so I realized, <laughs> you know, I realized my problem was really that you know, I didn't know how to let things go. I like to hold on. I felt like holding on gave me power. If I released it, I'm giving you power. I'm making you right. And that's mm-hmm. what the struggle was, is that I felt like I was making it right if I let it go. Even the smallest stuff. Now, we're talking about, you know, uh, where, where we believe that infidelity is the biggest thing that you can face. But Sometimes it's these other things also that add so much fuel to life. So we weren't even experiencing any of these things and it was rocky. So I just think that, you know, I did not like to let things go. I felt like I had the upper hand if I could continuously bring up what you have done. It gave me some type of power. And when I forgave you, I felt like I was giving away my power. And of course, God was able to show me that ruining a lot of my relationships, not just in my marriage, but even as a um as a friend. Um, I didn't know how to let go. Yeah, and it's just amazing because God humbles us in so many areas of our lives. 
not just in an aspect of like, you know, finances and going with that, but just like in an instance like that, like just the humility um, that we learn in those type situations. Um, I have another question here. It says, what advice would you give a woman that's been giving her husband chance after chance over years to better communicate with them? but they do it for a short amount of time and then revert back to their old ways. Therefore, that woman has given up and wants to walk away for the second time. And I always tell people, you know, I'm not a relationship expert. It's really sometimes very difficult for me to personally, outside of counseling, alongside my husband, people that we lead, simply because I don't know the whole situation. But this is what I will say, and I want to use wisdom is I'm not an advocate for a divorce. I'm not. But I'm also not an advocate for unhealthy marriages. And so I think each marriage is unique. Each struggle, all of the struggles in our marriages are unique. And not even God wants us to be in situations where we are not producing glory to him. Anything that does not produce a fruit to God must be cut down. Now, sometimes that cutting down means divorce. Sometimes that cutting down means, because it means that it was never ordained by God or yeah. it's not, it, it just wasn't God. And I think that's a true conversation that we have to understand is that some divorces are, are, are not, they, they just were never supposed to be marriages. And so when mm-hmm. people, that fig tree and he looked at that fig tree and it was not producing anything he said cut it down anything that does not produce fruit or bring glory to god it's not living anyway so we have two options we pray for the resurrection of a thing we intercede we fast and if i've done everything that i can then i have to make a decision and i have to be okay with that decision i no one else can because a lot of times let me tell y'all something a lot of times we get confirmation happy we want to be we want confirmation about everything when god is just calling us to be obedient so god has already told me what i need to do the signs are already there whether it's to stay or to leave whether it's to go to counseling whether it's to go into fasting but because i don't want to take the leap of faith I want everyone around me to tell me, what what do you, what do you want? No, you have to take that leap of faith for what's going to be best for you. So to respond to that question, I honestly say, I have, you have to see God for where this is going and God will give you the answer where this, this is going. And a lot of, you know, when I work, wrote wife code, there are a lot of people upset with me, you know, cause, cause you know, Cause men and men do this and men do that. I wasn't writing white code when it comes to a man who's abusing a woman, or I was writing white code for women. It, it had nothing to do with a man. I was writing it from the perspective of what God told me to share with women. But I do understand so many men who are not doing right by their wives. So white code. You know, you can apply wife code and you can do your part and make sure you're doing your part. That way, if you got to cut the tree down, you ain't got no resistance. Period. Chop it down. And move on. And, 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 huh. and, and you know, that's, that's just, that's real. You know, Jesus gave a bounds for divorce. Those bounds were cheating. 
you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of, I know, you know, the, 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 there, there, there may be old churches or whatever pastors that believe, you know, you just stick it out. Like first lady did, you just, mm-hmm. listen, I, I'm telling you, Jesus gave bounds. And I'm, I've seen many marriages resurrected from adultery and even abuse. I've seen it, but I've also mm-hmm. known been ordained by God for them to be cut down if they cannot be resurrected. And it takes two people. This is what makes marriage so hard. The woman can try, the woman can give, the woman can sacrifice, the woman can, but you can't sacrifice enough for a hardened heart. And so Mm -hmm. one of the greatest prayers you can pray for a man who's not willing to turn is Lord, take his heart of stone and give him a heart of flesh. But there, he, if he doesn't make a decision, you have to know how long and how willing you are to stay in something that may not be bringing glory to God. If you're truly doing all that you can from a spiritual place, I'm only saying this if you are fasting, interceding, praying, living a, a godly life so mm-hmm. that you from God getting the right wise counsel. But you know, sometimes I get the axe and you know, <laughs> that's what, you know, that's my, yeah. You know, Jesus said it, you know. Yeah, like how you spoke on he gives balance for divorce. And that is like, you know, infidelity and abuse. And people need to understand abuse is not just physical. Uh, because people get mentally and emotionally and financially abused every single day and I think it's perfectly normal because he's not putting his hand on hands on me but I'm like but say for instance I'm not working he's controlling the finances I'm having to ask him for money like he's controlling me with money so I definitely say you know seek counsel in those areas and seek God and just kind of recognize um, but yes, I agree. Someone said in the comments that marriages need godly counsel, yeah. mm-hmm. not self counsel or opinions. Yeah, yeah, I said abuse is abuse, yeah, in any form. Um, so don't ever for any woman out there, don't ever feel like you have to settle because I know so many women do, and um, you know, some people feel like they'll be embarrassed if they get a divorce or you know. They'll be talked about if they get a divorce, but you or know, God getting married again, or this mm-hmm. is all I've known, and you know, and this is why our pursuit must be relentlessly Jesus Christ, because yeah. you know, we have so many twists and turns in life, and this is the reason why, because you just never know what you can give your all. That's the, especially when it comes to relationships. This is friendship. This is, you know, any relationship that you that you have a choice in. It has, has to be like that part in order for it to in order for it to work. Yeah, it can't be one sided. It can never be one sided. Like both parties have to try just as hard. Um so that's really good. Um, I like this part of the book. It says, you, has, you have influence. What you say, do, and even how you receive information from God can have a righteous or unrighteous impact on your husband's faith. This can affect his will to obey God. And then you went mm-hmm. into talking about Sarah. Um, but yeah, I know, you know, women sometimes think, oh, the man is the head of the household. I listen to him. I don't really have an opinion. I don't really have to do too much. I just play my role. I'm submissive. Bae's got it. But um, you have influence. You have power. Um, 
with your husband mm -hmm. and and I just kind of want to touch on that. Like, what influence have you seen that you've had within your marriage? Um, a lot. You know, um, my husband really um values my opinion. And in a man that loves you, this is one of the ways that you know a man really loves you. Because the Bible says that if a man doesn't love himself, he can't love his wife. And so when a man loves himself, he loves you. And one of the ways that a man, this is for any reserved or single woman, you will know that a man loves you is that he wants to please you all the time. Like mm -hmm. he's not going to put his desires above your desires. That, that's love. That's what Jesus did. This is how you identify mm -hmm. love. Love says what you want comes before what I want. That's not just material. That's not material. That's that's how men treat you when they really love you. They like they don't they want you to be happy. And mm -hmm. so I realized that, you know, because my husband always wanted me to be happy, I sometimes manipulate it, get what I want, and it may not be best, especially like big financial decisions. Um, you know, my husband um is a pastor and you know, you don't want to be out here, you know, telling your husband something because he's trying to please you, but because you're not mature, you're not handling things in his ear because of your pain or because of your hurt. And I have experienced some things being a quote unquote pastor's wife. Like, man, like my husband want to please me. I shouldn't take advantage of that. I have to use wisdom in my desires maybe this is not the best time for us to buy these this is not the best time for us to have this this is not the best time for us to go on vacation this may not be the this may not even be the right time to tell him this so one of the things i learned with my husband being a pastor is that i don't need to come in here you know in his, i'm in his office by the way um and so i only come in here sunday morning you know telling him about something that hurt my feelings you know this, he gotta go up to <laughs> You know, and pray like, let me not get him out the spirit. <laughs> I don't need to tell him nothing, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't want him, you know, this being his soul before he has to go before God's people. And he's a very, you know, he's very good about making sure that what he's saying is of God, but I still have to consider that, you know. And so, we influence them a lot, we do in what we say and how we approach life, you know, when you're mad about stuff and you got him mad at his homeboy because. You know, you know, women, we take stuff to the extreme, you know, you know, this man is homeboy for years. And, you know, just because he didn't he didn't acknowledge you one time, you know, I'm not saying that people don't, you know, shouldn't be in our husband's lives. But sometimes we our jealousy, you know, says he can't handle about around but me, you know, because of our insecurities and um, even influencing them in choosing the right friends and having the right kind of people around them in the business deals. And, you know, when my husband is, is doing business, I'm trying to make sure I'm not thinking out of my, you know, I don't have no experience in this, but this is just what I feel. So I'm just going to throw anything out there and this could be detrimental for us. So mm -hmm. influence is great and we'll find we'll on to it's great what we agree to and what we disagree to. So um, it's, it's wise that we be careful. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. And, um, and we're nearing the end of our podcast, but just a fun question I wanted to ask. Have you seen how 
Um, everybody's talking about Sierra's prayer, how she released her prayer for her husband. I'm a prophet, right? That's just impossible now. I don't want to open up a whole sermon. You do know I'm a prophet. Y'all better pray y'all own prayer. Yo, own prayer with your name on it that you wrote to God yourself. Okay. You don't even know what Russell, all you never seen is some pictures of Russell and Sierra. We don't know what that marriage and Lord, don't give me stop. We got to be careful. Okay. No offense. We thank God if it's since you know, we're not saying it's not sincere, but I want to hand me down prayer. You know, I, hey. I don't I don't want I don't want to hand me down prayer. And there's nothing against her. It's just, you know, I'm I'm you know, I might be a biased person. I just don't get with the music these days. I don't get with this music. You know, um, some of this music is it's a bit much for me. And so Summer Walker, you know, I mm, I no, actually, it's depressing. Like her music is depressing to me. No offense, but like she has a beautiful voice. But like yeah. this whole, you just have to see God for yourself and for your husband. Because like you said, we don't know what's going on within their marriage, within their household. Mm -hmm. You know, we we don't. So yeah. let's not. <laughs> and so we just don't want to covet that. You know, there's a lot of mm -hmm. around Sierra and uh russell's marriage and there's a lot mm -hmm. of you have to also understand that those who are in these higher positions these people do anything for money and so they mm -hmm. are capital life that's another reason why you know i told you i didn't want to write a book on marriage I'm like, i don't want to be trying to you know people just that after this one thing so it's nothing against them personally but um you know mm -hmm. i don't i don't know if we should just get so caught up in that you know Yes, pray your own prayer. And what's for you is for you. It's going to come. <laughs> it, is. it is going to come. Nothing can stop it. Right. Like God created him for you specifically. So, yes, yes ladies. Well, I appreciate everybody that tuned into the podcast tonight. Thank you again, Ashley. It's been fun. Do y'all want to see Ashley come back on the podcast again? Because I didn't even get through half of my tabs. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I enjoyed it so much. This is really awesome. And I appreciate yes. you all. <laughs> yes, it's been great. You guys can shop her book, Wife Code. Um, You can visit her website. You want to tell them where they can get your book and how they can connect with you and follow you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me. Um, my name is spelled E-L-Y-A-S-H-E-L-Y Brown. And I'm on Facebook. I'm active on Facebook. I'm not very active on Instagram. I post a TikTok here and there. It's Ashley Brown 82. And my Instagram is preach underscore Ashley Brown. But if you would like to purchase Wife Code, it's not just for Christians. It's not just for single women or married women, but it's for all women. And um, you can purchase it at Ashley, A-S-H-E-L-Y-Brown.com on my website, as well as we have lots of um, apparel for not just uh, married women, but we have for single women or reserved Ooh. women. And so we do have some t-shirts. We even have a husband t-shirt that you might like, as well as um, I do have a conference coming up on um, November, excuse me, December the 10th and the 11th. It's not a wife code conference, but it is a 
conference called The Oil for, for the Underdog. And just for those of us who are trying to get to that next level and you're not really able to pursue that, maybe you're the black sheep of your family. Maybe you're like me and think you could write a book. Um, and, and you just need that extra push to push on out of your purpose as a woman in this time, but still be able to glorify God through your skills, your talents, your gifts, or man. So be on the lookout for that. If you subscribe to my um, email on my website, you'll be able to get all of that information be released like maybe tomorrow or tonight. I don't know. So just be on the lookout. And thank you again for having me. I really yeah. Yes. Love doing this this is i love it i really really do <laughs> yes it's been so fun everybody said to bring you back so i have to get with her and book a day see <laughs> she can come back for you guys um because i'm just so blessed by um oh and we didn't even get to talk about the fast i was so excited oh, <laughs> just, oh, just real quick you guys before you guys go i just want to share my experience um and if you guys are in the wife cave you guys know about the fast and i've been posting the videos here but um <laughs> we fasted last week it was called a forgiveness fast mm -hmm. and um i just kind of want you to tell them about it because i was really changed like i have a friend doing the fast now she was like no i'm gonna start over day one like today's my day three <laughs> so um just kind of tell us about the forgiveness fast and just kind of what fasting has done for you in your life um, so we did, God gave me the forgiveness fast. I was, um, I knew he was going to take me beyond the book and, um, he would draw people through the book, but then we would just continue our spiritual journey, you know, in whatever aspect. And so he told me to do a forgiveness fast and, um, the word forgiveness would be just that charge word to draw people in and, um, they would take the responsibility, um, for forgiving because it's it becomes a plug to any blessings, any 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 supernatural financial blessings. Um, it becomes a plug. It, it, it clogs us up with all kind of depression and anger and bitterness. And God was saying that needed to be, re be released from us, not just in marriage, but friendship or church hurt or, you know, even forgiving ourselves. And so um, I put it out there and um, over 300 and something people, I don't know the true count. I know about 300 and something people responded to the poll and the testimonies have been insane. And so I've been fasting since I was about 19 years old. Mm -hmm. um, um, just not from a religious place, but really just because I need to stay low. I need to be delivered from things. I believe in yearly deliverance. And so mm -hmm. I would fast frequently and then being a speaker of the gospel, I always want to keep what God says. So I will fast frequently so that my, my, my flesh is low and my faith is up and my spirit man is up so I can, um, do what God is calling me. And so it was a powerful experience for me. I did not expect that many people to fast. If I can be perfectly honest with you, but it was historical. And I know, um, that we will be doing it again soon. And I was just excited to see people want God. Like I'm not fasting for yeah. anything closer to you, you know, and I don't want to be, you know, fasting has become popular in new age and it has become mm. diminished in Christianity and it belongs to us. It Fasting is, is a principle for the believer. And so, so many benefits to fasting and uh, it was amazing. It like guys fasting together, people reconciling. Um, There was a particular young lady that I posted on my social media and she did give me permission and she was able to reach out. Yes. To her. 
And he will, he reached back out because I believe we do have grace for the molested, but we don't have grace for the molester. And mm -hmm. um, I felt that's a deep, because that hurts and that's a hard thing to see. Like, you're going to forgive the molester, but, you know, all sexual sin is the same in God's eyes. Molester yes. is the same as you know, sexual uh, fornication or adultery or homosexuality to God. So it was just a blessing to even see that maybe he got some release because she released him. She was okay. Well, I'm going to let it go, you know. So yes. it was really powerful fast. There was a lady who um, testified that she hadn't heard her husband say, I love you in years. And on the first day of the fast, he told her that he loves her for the first time in years. Oh, that's so amazing. God touched so many people, and I told my friend about it, and she stays all the way in Florida, and she's doing the fast, like she's been doing it. So um, it just opened up so many different things for different people. Yeah. And that just goes back to, like, that personal relationship <laughs> that you have, like, only, like, only she was struggling with that and only I'm struggling with one thing so it was just the freedom the release mm -hmm. um and my friend told me she was like um you know she was like oh I messed up on my fast I had to eat and she was like I could just feel it I was feeling bad <laughs> she's like I was feeling good all these other days mm -hmm. um but you you would always say like it's okay if you mess up it is okay. <laughs> I would do it when I first started saying I would mess up so bad. And um, you know, Paul said that my strength is made perfect. God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so I just didn't want people to try to be perfect. And I knew that that's something that we battle with. We like perfection in this, you know, in our generation. We like the, you know, perfect eyebrows, perfect bodies. And, you know, and that's all ourselves that. up. <laughs> and I knew that the enemy would come after people. And that was my reason for being so gracious is that people would know that God was looking at our heart and our intentions. And as you become more comfortable with fasting, you know, it will, it, I wouldn't say it gets easier, but you know, you will understand and you'll be able to fight the temptations mm -hmm. a lot better. So, yeah. Yes, before it comes. And I would always keep it because I got hungry. I mean, it's natural, but I would always yeah. think like, do I want to be free or do I want to be full? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I feel like. Because listen, I I got hungry too, and I still be hungry. Fasting, and I've done um absolutes like for days and days at a time, and um I was getting really hungry um Friday, mm -hmm. and um, I would tell myself, you know, my belly is not my god, and I would yeah. minister myself because I knew that I needed even myself some breakthroughs during that week. There were some things that were really trying. Being in ministry, you really have to keep your heart pure. When you are leading, mm -hmm. and oftentimes you will be, a, you are the helper, but rejected people attacks the help. That's just a part of it. And no one is ready for leadership if you don't want to easily forgive, you don't want to easily let things go. And that's another reason why I fast. Not because I'm so spiritual. No, I do it because I need God. And in order to right. be you know that doesn't you know hurt people and, and, and I don't think we can ever get away from hurting people that's just a part of life but um I think it's just important that we understand we need to fast we we need to in order mm -hmm. to be close to God and that intimacy with God and a clear mind and make wise decisions and mm -hmm. so I 
steadfast as well. Um, I was I was taking it just as seriously um, as everyone else. Yes, it was really good. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I lost weight during the fast, so the pole came in and I was cracking up. People was like, Yeah, my stomach snatched and I lost five pounds and I thought because yes, I'm telling you. <laughs> One of those was probably mine. They were like, What happened to your fast? I was like, Well, I lost some weight. <laughs> okay. There was a lot of them like that. I was like, Come on, ladies. sisters thank you guys for coming over and watching the solos life podcast um we do have some great guests coming up in the next couple of weeks um we're supposed to have james hill tv coming on um he owns the black millionaire instagram account so he's giving like some branding and marketing tips and then we have Ebony and Clarence Graham coming on. Um, the real estate housewife herself and America's realtor. I think that's his name. No, wrong Clarence. But, but they're like the, a power couple. So I definitely um, want to see you guys tune in and join us. So make sure you like, share, and comment. If you um, tuned in late and you want to listen to this like on your way to work or something, this will be uploaded to all of your podcasting streaming services like your Apple, Google Play, Spotify. So you have something to listen to tomorrow morning. Make sure you get your books. And is there anything else? Matter of fact, I can't ask you to come on here and, and not ask you to just pray for <laughs> us as we leave and just give us yeah. some encouragement. Yeah. Well, first, before we leave, I just want to thank my husband. I know he's probably watching and um, I just want to appreciate him and just thank him for being like an amazing husband and no flattery, but I just thank God for him. Without him, there would not be wife code and they can but trust me and being such a support. Um, as well as my church family, um, the ladies and men of the Carpenters Church, I just want to say hey to them. And, um, I love you all and my parents and everybody. I just really want to um, especially thank um anybody who um has been a supporter of life code and again thank you for having me on so i'll go ahead on and pray father in the name of jesus lord we come to you on tonight and we thank you god for amazing and sovereign and powerful and good and holy god thank you lord that you are not a god that is not in tune and in touch with our infirmities, with our problems, with our issues. So we stand before you tonight, God, thanking you for every opportunity that we get to listen to a vessel, that we get to be a part of anything that glorifies your kingdom. And Father, we ask for strength tonight. We ask for courage that as we continue in our journey and in our walk with you, God, that you will make every crooked path straight, that you will open doors that we didn't even know was available to us, that you will give us buildings, God, that you will set us before great men that you will give us tables god you will prepare for the prayer of our enemies father we ask for a faithful heart we ask for uh to be forceful we ask for us to be focused god and we ask lord that we will not be moved by the waves and by the sea and by the winds that are tossed at us god we thank you for stability and we pray for every marriage and we pray lord that you will give every wife wisdom we pray for every woman who's divorced that she will find her confidence again and she will know that she's not a fear 
pray for every single reserved woman Father, we pray that, Lord, that she will not settle, God, but she will wait patiently, Lord, as you are preparing for her the man that you've already ordained for her in the heavens. Lord, we thank you for protection, and we pray that no sickness, harm, disease, accidents, incidents will come near us. And we pray all of these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ashley. It's been so fun. <laughs> Thank you again. No, bye.